Hello and welcome to C-Buzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. This is the show where we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I'm your host, Dan Swartout, and today we're talking with Alex Frohmeyer, preferably known as Fro. That's right, Fro. The founder and CEO of Beam Technologies, Fro. Thank you so much for joining us here today on CBuzz. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And now, before we get started, please tell me and tell everyone out there listening a little bit about Beam Technologies, what it is and what it does. Yeah, so um, so thanks again for having me. I, I, I've heard it's an insurance. It's a dental <laughs> insurance, that's correct? That's right. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually just beginning to talk about uh, kind of Beam's big vision, actually. So we're um, a two-and-a-half-year-old startup, uh-huh. uh, originally out of Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky, now based proudly here in Columbus. And we started um, with this idea that we could build a better dental insurance company. Okay. Um, so we've been really fascinated by these sleepy old industries that have really never seen um, technology in the most modern sense of the word and how it can better create a, a business and a business model. Um, and so dental seemed to be this really interesting space for us to dive into. I can't imagine that dental insurance is that much different now than it might have been in 1975, for example. Yeah, that's actually one of my early observations. So um, uh, Beam's actually my second company. Uh, so my same co-founders and I were uh, had started our own like little R&D firm back when we were uh, in uh, in school, in engineering school. Uh-huh. And uh, we worked, f- did some work, a contract for a a dental manufacturing company. And so that kind of gave us a peek under the hood at at the dental industry at large. And one of our big early observations is that nothing ever changes. Right. And so it was almost as if somebody created the business model for dental insurance in the 70s and then just like ran with it. That's interesting too, because when you think about the impact of technology on so many businesses and how so many, not just businesses, but sectors and industries have completely changed or even maybe gone away because of technological changes, to find something like that, like dental insurance that hasn't been impacted so much, that's got to be quite a boon for you. Uh, It was definitely, as we kind of got into it, now of course, you know, we were 22 or 23 at the time. So uh, my my co-founders and I, so, you know, part of it is just ignorance. You don't really know what you're stumbling into uh-huh. as you're stumbling into it. Part of you is aware enough of the fact that you may be turning some kind of unique skill sets into a, an industry that hasn't really seen that before, uh, which can both be looked at as a scary moment where it's like, is this even going to work when right. we show up with you know, we're like the whiz bang engineers and like what's going to happen when we show up in a dentist office and tell them we're going to like revolutionize <laughs> how they practice. Right. Um, you know, so how's that going to play? But then part of you is also excited by, you know, this is probably how, you know, Uber felt when they were riding in a taxi right, right before they founded Uber. Right. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so you can kind of see the, the, the future of what your industry could look like as you're beginning. You are truly on the precipice of something. You're right there at the edge and you can see the change in front of you. Uh, that's, you know, probably the most exciting thing about startups in general is that you get to kind of place yourself at the, the, the edge of the future in wow. many ways. 
which is cool. That sounded epic. It's not. Uh, it sounded, it's not always it, it that epic. It sounded very <laughs> epic. I'm like, I'm signing on. It's not always that awesome, but <laughs> sometimes it is. Yeah. We've talked more about the insurance side of of what Beam Technologies is all about. You've mentioned from time to time, mostly in passing, your connected toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So, uh, so the the connected toothbrush is really a uh, is is been such an awesome product because it's so provocative and it's fun and it's fun and it gets people talking and it always has since we you know first started kind of talking about it in early 2012 um, so we're on the second version of our hardware uh, which has been great um, because the first time you build especially a piece of hardware but really anything you know it's gonna have problems and and holes in it right and so a lot of what we were trying to figure out early on was okay how do we you know build it the best we can right now with the money we've got and the skill set we have available and then figure out how to get to the place where we can build a better version of it. And that'll always be true, right? You know, now we've identified a new set of problems mm-hmm, that we want to fix, mm-hmm. et cetera. So the beam brush itself is a really slender and elegant um, connected Bluetooth uh-huh. sonic powered toothbrush. So if you have a sonic care, that's probably its closest okay. cousin. Um, but it's a powered brush. It comes in three colors. We have a chartreuse, blue, and pink. Uh, I like the, all those colors. The great colors, all great colors. Um, the packaging is just phenomenal. I mean, we put a ton of effort into just the whole user experience. So, um, buying the brush on our site, getting it shipped to you, opening it up, the unboxing experience uh, because of companies like Apple has become a really big deal, Huge. right? Um, so, just how a user sets it up because uh, Bluetooth products can sometimes be just uh, terrible to set up, and so we've put a lot of effort into making it easy to set up yes. and all that. Um, so otherwise you can use the beam brush like you do any other toothbrush. Uh-huh. So it's designed to not force you to change your process, your habit of taking care of your teeth. But if you want to, you can pop open the app while you're brushing and get not only a timer to help kind of assist you around as you're doing it, but also we have all of these great gamification elements built into the app, which kind of reward you as you brush your teeth more and more and more consistently. So as I'm taking uh, as I'm taking good care of my teeth and my mouth and my oral health, I'm also having a fun experience playing games and can like families use it together? Yeah, or? so the whole thing's designed for families. I mean, uh-huh. very much centered to the product. So um, we've designed it so that mom and dad can set up beam brushes for themselves and for their kids nice. and see it all in one app experience. So you can very easily swipe from person to person. Um, and so we have this gamification element built in um, around stars. So stars are kind of our currency, if you will. Yeah. So the more and more you're brushing, the more consistently you're brushing, we're giving you little challenges to complete. As you complete those challenges, you're earning stars. And so your star total goes up. And the more and more stars you get, the more and more rewards we can give you in return. So this is anything from giving you free replacement heads for the brush to toothpaste. So this isn't just a game where I'm playing for bragging, right? This is I real. Can, I can actually earn things. And that's our fundamental belief that wow. you, you should be able to do that, right? And it's not just tangible goods, too. Um, our insurance pricing and benefits are tied to those stars as well. <laughs> so the more you brush your teeth, the less you pay for insurance. <laughs> See where we're going? Oh, 
So, you know, when I'm when I'm 14 years old and I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog, all I collected were rings and I could go out into my yard and yell about as many rings as I've collected and it makes and no nobody difference. Nobody else cared, yeah. But this is real, <laughs> it's tangible, it's a benefit that actually you you can see. Uh yeah, one of our you know, that's really the fundamental difference to me between gaming and gamification. Uh-huh. So gaming is about the inherent reward of winning. However you want to define winning, it's getting to the next level, it's beating the boss, it's getting, you know, X number of points or whatever. Knocking out Mike Tyson. Knocking out Mike Tyson. And gamification is about using game theory uh, to accomplish a bigger goal. And in our case, the bigger goal is better access and better affordability of, of dental insurance. What were you like as a child? When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you weren't thinking when you're nine, I'm going to revolutionize <laughs> dental, dental insurance. Industry, yeah, yeah it, was, it started early for me. <laughs> um, ironically, my sister, uh, my older sister is a dentist. Oh, um, really? So we've got now a ton of dental thinking people in the family, which was never... Expli- I mean, there's there's no influence or any reason why it's kind of come to be like that. But uh, growing up, I was most fascinated by building things. Right. Um, and so that that kind of explains why I wanted to go to engineering school and, and am doing that today. Um, but as early as six, seven years old, I wanted to tear old electronics apart to see what was inside. And uh, my dad, who's a computer engineer, uh, you know, I'd sit and watch him program in our in our office, in our house, um, and uh, would um, probably most notably go into my backyard and build tree houses. So I built an entire neighborhood's worth of, of tree houses using old wood my grandpa gave me. So not just in your yard, but in the neighbor's yards as well? I, I grew up on a lot of land, so it was all, okay. it was all our land, which is probably good. <laughs> Show up in the middle uh, of the night, build a tree house. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they got a new monstrosity in the backyard. <laughs> uh, but I built like, uh, I think, nine or ten tree houses um, because I just love the process. I mean, to me, it was never about even building the thing. It was about the process. I was just in love with, okay, how do I take this blank tree and turn it into something fun and interesting, something I can play in or whatever. And so that's still how I approach stuff today is how do we take this idea and mm-hmm. make it much more than that and then maybe most importantly wrap some sort of you know business model around it so then you always knew that you had a fascination with building things engineering was always a part of your character so you go get your undergrad degree in engineering right. at the university of louisville yep and i seem to find that a lot of entrepreneurs have an engineering background what is it about being an engineer, you think, that leads to so many people becoming entrepreneurs? It, to me, it's just a kind of an interesting and not necessarily something that I would, I would necessarily think is a natural progression, but it seems to happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think you're right that your intuition, I think your intuition's correct that uh, engineering is not a natural extension to entrepreneurship per uh-huh. se. I think the reason we see it a lot is because what engineers are, uh, are very pragmatic, very analytical thinkers. And so if they can convince themselves that an idea is a good idea, <laughs> it probably is a really good idea. <laughs> right. We tend to be our own biggest skeptics, right? Right, right. Um, and so we, I still see that today. I mean, half more than half of our, our company today um, are engineers, even some of our, our big, uh, our most important business guys on our team. 
myself included, engineers, right? And so if we can pass our own ideas off as like, yeah, this could work. Uh-huh. We've probably screened it as hard as anybody else is going to screen it because that's just how engineers think their way through things. Uh, the other thing is that with um, the advent of, um, you know, in the technology revolution that we've been in for about 20 years, more mm-hmm. or less since, you know, the personal computer and Internet came about, um, engineers have been able to uniquely build a lot of the great ideas out there. Yeah. And so a higher and higher percentage of engineers have the capability not only to have an idea, but also be able to build it, which is a non-negligible piece of that equation, right? There's plenty more ideas out there than there are people that can build those ideas. So you've got somebody who can do both in an engineer. Uh, Ideally, right? So um, I think some of the most successful entrepreneurs being engineers, uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla Motors, et cetera, these guys are so successful because they can see both ends of the equation. Um, here's how you build a business and here's how you build a great product. Uh, and they've figured out how to hire the right people and take those founding theories into like exploit them fully, essentially. So you, you graduate from Louisville. You've got your engineering degree. You said you started your first startup company at 23, a time when most people would be looking to get a job at an established company. What took you immediately into the path of a startup? Great question. People ask me this all the time because they want to they know for themselves. They want to know for their kids. They want to know, you know, just how how do I do that? Right? Yes. Like how, do you, how do you get things over the edge? Most people, and, the, and a lot of the people I've talked to here, they followed a more traditional path and then made the leap. Right. You made the leap right out of school. Yeah. We actually even started our first company. We were all 21 when we started. So we were still like undergrads. It was our junior year. Wow. Uh, when we started our first company. So everyone was legal to drink and you had a beer and Barely, said, let's start like, a company. Yeah. It took 15 minutes. Um <laughs> After after the third co-founder turned twenty one, <laughs> we've been wanting to have. This and then we discussion. found ourselves in business together. Yes. Uh, so we um, is so the I get the question all the time, which is essentially what tipped you over the edge? Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing per se, and I'll speak for kind of all three of us. There's nothing in any of our backgrounds that suggest that we should be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to say, oh, you know, your dad must have been this, you know, no. Oh, grandpa? No. Um, What about one of your other co-founders? Surely his dad was encouraging all you guys because he had started a business or was running something. No. You were building the tree houses. You weren't looking to sell them. (laughs) I never, I didn't sell one tree house. Right, right. Zero of them. and so, the, yeah, so, you know, well, there, there had to have been a teacher that was, you know, this big on entrepreneurship and, you know, really into startups or something. Nothing, right? So how how did we actually get kind of tipped into, oh, this is a great idea? Uh-huh. The best I have been able to come up with is that um, part of our engineering program at Louisville um, requires you to, like, graduate. You have to do three semesters co-oping or interning. Um, for a company in your in your major, right? And so um, we had gotten exposure to, you know, real companies making a real salary for you know those three semesters, and had gotten exposure to what our likely career path was to look like, mm-hmm. and we did not fit into that world very well. 
you did not see yourself in that corporate world. Correct. Okay. Um, and so I think our early exposure to what should have been our path or what otherwise would have been our path was what kind of turned us off to doing that. But most people, and, and I talk to them a lot here on CBuzz, most people who, who make that realization that I don't necessarily belong here, they still, for whatever reason, Do student it. loans, I've got a mortgage, I've got a family, they grin and bear it for a while. Sure. You decided I'm just not even going to, it's not even worth the effort. Right. Um, and, and that actually gets us into how deliberate, um, we've been since day one Uh about, about changing the world and, and not being scared to say that either. Um, cause that's a bold statement. That's a bold statement. I'm not scared of it. (laughs) (laughs) You owned it. Um, you should have seen the look he gave me in his eyes. He owned that. (laughs) If only podcasts had eyes, man. (laughs) Uh, so when I was uh, 19, mm-hmm. I decided that I was going to start a company Okay, and I didn't know when that was. I mean, at the time, like, you know, I, I knew my, I knew my co-founders cause they were in my engineering class with me, but I didn't have a notion of, you know, who I was going to do it with, what we were going to do, anything along those lines. But what I did know is that I had kind of mentally committed to, I'm going to, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Right. And so I started explicitly saving money and started explicitly thinking about recruiting co-founders and starting to learn about how tech startups work and all this stuff. At 19. Two years before I ended up doing it. So I was like training myself on the side very deliberately. And then later when I kind of had identified two of my best friends who ended up becoming my co-founders, Alex Curry and Dan Dykes, as we kind of like got together and started doing more together in that vein, I was, you know, telling them the same things like, you know, go read this article, go learn about this thing, start saving money now because we're going to start a company together. And then eventually it became, there was a moment where I was just like, okay, it's time we like need to start building our own job because none of us like these internships we just did. (laughs) And none of us necessarily want to, I mean, we knew it was an available Mm -hmm. option to us, right? I mean, the market for an engineer is really good in general. So we we could, we could be, you know, more or less anywhere we wanted and do more or less whatever we wanted if it came to that. So we figured it was, you know, we could take a shot at trying to get something off the ground. If it didn't work, then we would probably just go back to the places we had interned and ask for full-time jobs, you know? <laughs> so you guys are all 21. Yeah. You decided we're, we're forming a company. Had dental insurance come into the picture at this point? Not at that time. What, um, was, the initial, what was the initial goal for the company? So the, so the first company was, let's get together and learn how to build stuff. Okay. What, what we we were smart enough to know that we were dumb. Right. That we didn't actually know how to build stuff like at a totally professional level. Uh, we knew that we had great work ethics uh-huh. and that's kind of where it started and stopped for a minute. And so what um, essentially our business model was is I would go around mostly mostly Louisville um, and meet people that were in the innovation economy at some level. Maybe they owned a startup Maybe it was an old manufacturing company. Maybe it was a small agency. And we started teaching ourselves. Um, well, I kind of convinced them, like said, we're you know young and cheap. <laughs> Hire us on some project you've got, right? Throw a problem at us. Something us, that's not that vital to some, you. Something that will not sink you if it doesn't work out. <laughs> and so we, we essentially just asked, you know, whether it was, you know, hey, we need this website built or um, we ended up doing a lot of work for medical device companies because there's a lot of medical device startups in Louisville. So it was just kind of general engineering work. Yeah. Um, so we had pretty broad based experience. So, um, I'm a structural engineer by training. Uh-huh. Um, 
one of uh, Alex Curry is a mechanical engineer and Dan Dykes is a electrical engineer. So got your bases covered. So we had yeah we had kind of a broad skill set, um, but our interests were even deeper than that. So Dan had been doing some uh, computer programming for years and understood mechanics really well, and and Alex Curry was really into. Um, medical device design because he had done a lot in his internships at a design firm. And so we really got, you know, we were willing to sink our teeth into a lot of different ideas and, and projects. So a lot of what we were doing early on was just finding anybody who would hire us, saying yes to everything, like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Right? Uh-huh. And then rushing back to figure out how the hell to actually do it. <laughs> yeah, we can handle this. So, sometimes it worked. <laughs> other times it didn't work. But it was a ton of fun, and it taught us a lot about how you actually build things that can go to market and be sold. And we were doing that in, you know, things as as complex as cardiovascular medical devices and Uh things as simple as somebody's WordPress website, right? And so it taught us a lot about how how you build to the market and how you build to different form factors. Um, And then when we started to have what we called real ideas, which were our, our... kind of own uh, products or our own business models, um, it became more clear about how to actually connect the dots and launch something. Um, and so by the time we were kind of flexing that R&D company into Beam, um, we actually knew to some extent what we were doing. Fro, um, this has been a phenomenal enlightening interview and i'm gonna say something out there that might blow everyone's minds right now as you've been blowing my mind with all this information everything you've heard from this gentleman's mouth fro 27 years old i'm 27 (laughs) yes unbelievable what i look a lot older though <laughs> Alex, Alex Frohmeyer, Beam Technologies. Where can people find you online? They want to contact you, learn more about you, learn more about what you do. So we are at beam.dental. Uh huh. It's a fun new uh, extension. I like that. Yeah. Um, so you can find us at beam.dental. Um, and um, I am a fairly active tweeter just at my name, at Alex Frohmeyer. And that's at, F- at Fro was taken, so I can do that. <laughs> That's uh, F-R-O-M-M-E-Y-E-R? Yes, okay. you got it. Uh, and then um, also happy to get emails from anybody at any time, and I always answer all of them. So that's fro uh-huh. at beam.dental. Now, I mentioned your age 27, not only because it's so impressive that you've accomplished so much at, at this stage of your life and your career, but because there is so much time ahead of you in your career to pursue beam, to pursue new things, to, 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 to be a person that people look out for. What do you see is next for you beyond obviously growing beam into the world changing force that you envision it and know it will be? Whew. No pressure. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) uh, So, you know, the first goal, of course, is to make um, uh, Beam Technologies uh, the the biggest and best dental insurance company in the world. Right. And um, and we think there is a distinct opportunity to make that happen. Yes. Uh, And as an extension of that make meaningful change in healthcare, which I think is a really exciting and present opportunity in the world today. Uh, It's one of the, healthcare broadly is one of the biggest markets that has the most problems that I think we've ever seen. So you're looking not only to improve your bottom line, you're looking to improve 
the way that things are delivered to people on a day-to-day basis to make their lives better as well? I think if, I think the suggestion that a rational person could put this much effort into building a company from scratch purely for economic reasons uh, is, is crazy. Right. It's crazy. I mean, you have to be motivated by something higher. You've got, a, you've got a vision in your mind that for what you want this to do, not just for yourselves, but for the world. Yeah, and, and again, I think that's, I think you have to have that. I mean, to for anybody to enter this, I mean, there are better ways to make money. If the goal is to make money, there right. are better, easier <laughs> ways to make money. And, um, and you know, so I, I consider, you know, the two big driving forces behind what we do. Um, one, you know, I'm, I'm certainly doing it for my co-founders. Uh-huh. I mean, my best friends have been with me since day one. Um, and so, you know, opening up opportunities for them, both obviously professionally and then just personally. I mean, the people we get to meet, the things we get to do yeah. are a direct result of of starting Beam. Um, so that's number one. And, and then probably the other big thing is, is just the premise of impact, I think is a really, um, you know, lots of people get to make money in the world. Yes. Lots of people get to even have power in the world. Yes. Very few people get to have impact. Real, real impact. Meaningful yes. impact. And so to be like, to have impact and the premise of like cultural relevancy, I think is perhaps the most difficult thing to grasp. Uh, we see that we, we all understand this already. So what makes, um, so my all time favorite person's Kanye West. Uh huh. What makes Kanye interesting isn't that Kanye's rich, right? It's that he has cultural impact, uh-huh. and which is true of many celebrities, right? Uh-huh. So knowing that, you know, kind of using that as an example, uh, what makes Beam interesting is not its ability to make somebody on Beam's, you know, one of Beam's investors or a Beam employee money. It's the impact yeah. potential, right? That's what's far more interesting to anybody involved with us than is, oh, I can make money on this. Well, great. You can also go work at Nationwide and make a fantastic salary. Right, right. You know, too. You know what I mean? So there's there has to be a higher purpose if you're if you're doing this. Alex Frohmeyer, Beam Technologies. Thank you so much for being with us here on CBuzz. Truly a good, enlightening, interesting visit. I, I've been fascinated by the things you've had to say, and I'm sure our listeners out there have been as well. So thank you. Thank you, Fro, for being with us here today. Thank you. This is Dan Swartout, your host. I've been with Alex Frohmeyer of Beam Technologies. Thank you so much for listening to CBuzz. We'll catch you next time with another great story from another great Columbus business owner. Thank you so much. Thank you.